It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Hey everyone, it's Ben Price here with some Thunder Down Under, and I'm so excited to uh, bring you uh, part of the series that I'm doing, Evangelism Truths from Heroes of the Faith, which is, of course, part of Daily Thunder, Scattered thunderstorms with a light afternoon breeze and a couple showers expected. Who knows? Uh, It's so fun to uh, look at some of these uh, heroes. We've looked at uh, five so far. So we're just over the midway point of this uh, series of evangelism truths from Heroes of the Faith. Um, There has never been a greater time to share the gospel because the harvest is more plentiful than it's ever been. And uh, I think I've shared this before that there is... Uh, a stat that doesn't sit well with me, that 2% of uh, Christians in America regularly or actively share the gospel. So 98% aren't actively sharing their faith. doesn't mean they have never shared it. It's just they're not regularly actively sharing their faith. And I feel like in Australia, it's probably less. I don't know. Um, Although, in you know, saying that, you know, I feel like in the last couple of years, there is a stirring that people are feeling yeah, we're in pretty crazy times, right? That's it's an understatement. And yes, what the enemy meant for evil, God can mean for good because God is stirring people up. And I've noticed, you know, I go out um, actively sharing the gospel twice a week uh, with a team and that team is increasing. We're getting people who are hungry to go out and share the gospel and we're seeing Uh, greater opportunities and more people come along. So I'm praising God. I'm seeing that, which is something to be very thankful for. And I want to see that uh, increase around the world. And and that's really why I'm bringing you this series. Um, I'm passionate about Christ and uh, making him known to the world. And uh, so hopefully these heroes of the faith, uh, they have something just like we have something. We've been given everything that we need for life and godliness but it's something that they had that they that we can sort of see not too distant from our time that they used in order to win more souls for Christ. And I, I think we've looked at, uh, yeah, five so far. So we looked at Leonard Ravenhill. Then we looked at C.T. Studd. We looked at David Wilkerson. Then we looked at George Muller. Yeah. And uh, the, the German one. I, I enjoy doing the German accent. Yeah. And then we looked at uh, C.H. Spurgeon, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And, and we don't know if he sounded exactly like that. That's what his son Thomas Spurgeon sounded like. And they said that he had the identical voice. So that's my version of uh, C.H. Spurgeon's voice. So, And uh, today we're looking at uh, someone who, well, he had a voice. They, they all had voices, right? We just don't know what they all sounded like. But we know what this guy sounds like. And he was from uh, the state of Pennsylvania, which I've been to uh, a few years ago. I had a friend who, uh, a pastor friend from Australia who lived in New Jersey. And he was uh, taking me back to uh, Pennsylvania, to Philadelphia, actually. And we we decided on the way there, he goes, well, we'll do the Rocky Steps. Um, you know, you might have climbed a Rocky Mountain. I'm not talking about those steps, but, you know, where, where Rocky... Balboa in the movies, Rocky, he, he runs up the stairs, like, yo, I don't know if he, he's like so old, I don't know if he'd make it to the top of the stairs, I'm just going to like run up a couple of steps, you know, <laughs> I used to fight Mr. T and Ivan Drago, now, now I'm fighting dementia, 
but but we were like, oh, we're going to run to the top of these steps. We couldn't wait, and, and we got there. And it just happened to be the exact same day. We didn't know this. We couldn't have planned this. There were thousands upon thousands upon thousands of uh, women protesting. Uh, and here we are, two uh, you know conservative Christians in the midst of that. And <laughs> it was quite... We're trying to run up these stairs. Come on, like Rocky Balboa. It was like dodging uh, banners and signs that you, I wouldn't even repeat. But it, it was like, wow, this is pretty crazy. Very crazy. And I remember there was someone that had this big uh, Donald Trump uh, banner. They weren't fans of him. And I'm not getting political here, but it just gave me a segue to go up and say, you don't like me? What's what's going on? I'm, I'm a tremendous person. I'm very humble. And not a lot of people know that. I'm very, very humble. And it actually broke the ice and there was some good laughs. And it gave us a segue to share the gospel and, you know, rather than being in there, you know, uh, doing Rocky and we, yes, it was great. We were in the, uh, thrown in the deep end and sharing the gospel and it proved to be such a great, uh, time. And it was a very, very dark, uh, atmosphere. I'll, I'll say that, but certainly, um, what an opportunity for the gospel. So that, that's my time I've been in Pennsylvania, but this, uh, hero of the faith that we're looking at today, and when I say hero, I'm talking about small h hero because they all point to Jesus Christ. So if you're just joining us, uh, yes, this is your first one you're watching. Uh, just to emphasize again, they're all small h heroes. They're just men who point the way to Jesus Christ and, and help us look to see that they had something that we can use when we go out and share the gospel. And so uh, this, this guy was born uh, well, out in the farming areas of uh, Pennsylvania. So I haven't sort of made it to that. And his name was um, A.W. Tozer, Aiden Wilson Tozer. And uh, I, I like that it's A.W. because, you know, we had C.T. Studd and C.H. Spurgeon and A.W. Tozer. I think it's uh, it's really appropriate. Uh, actually, you know, I was thinking when I was there that day in Pennsylvania, uh, I was thinking about Tozer because uh, it was a, it was like... It was about one degrees in temperature. That's Celsius I'm on. So if you're uh, Fahrenheit, that would work out to be really, really cold, <laughs> freezing cold. Uh, and I was thinking of Toza because I was saying to my friend, Toza freezing. Uh, yeah, Toza freezing. Anyway, um, but his name was A.W. Toza, Aiden Wilson Toza. I, I prefer A.W. because it sort of sounds a bit more like credible. Uh, Aiden just sounds like the, the kid next door, like, Aiden, get down from the roof. Hey, Aiden, put the ball down. It has one of those sounds. Sorry if your name's Aiden. Uh, it is a good name. It's A.W. gives it a bit more. Uh, you might have been named after him. Who knows? He was born at a very young age. Um, yeah, funny about that. Uh, in 1897 in Pennsylvania, and he died at, uh, in 1963 at only 66 years of age. You know, just like uh, last week, we looked at Spurgeon, uh, 57, when he died. Um, such a young age for a hero of the faith. And same with uh, only 66 years of age for A.W. Tozer. But what an impact he had and um, grew up on a farm in Pennsylvania. He was a pastor, author, uh, magazine editor, and mentor. He was known as a mystic, uh, as a prophet, uh, which we'll talk about that a little later. And he was a writer, which I mentioned, uh, wrote classics such as The Pursuit of God and The Knowledge of the Holy and many others. But uh, The Pursuit of God 
is a fantastic book. I've got that um, in, in a, uh, well, a trilogy or a, a trinity, I guess you could say, of, of uh, Tozer books. It's fantastic. You might go, isn't it the pursuit of God? Well, I say the pursuit of God, <laughs> but you might say the, the pursuit of God. Uh, it's just it's the way we talk. It's kind of funny how um, Aussies and uh, Americans have these uh, different uh, slants on certain words, on s- different syllables. We have chicken fillet. You, what? You, you have chicken fillet. Oh, right. Yeah, I'll grab the money for my wallet to pay for my chicken fillet. Uh, we go shopping at Target. <laughs> it's uh, interesting. You, you guys have herbal. Well, we have herbal tea. You don't have herbal tea. You have herbal tea. It's like, yeah, because it's from herbs. But we, we say herbs. No, you don't say the H. No, we don't say the H. We say the H. You say the H? No, it's the H. It's actually the H. It's herbal. We say, we pronounce it. Uh, I wonder if it's the same when you're studying Bible um, hermeneutics. <laughs> or did you watch Herbie Goes Bananas? No, it's, no, no, it's bananas. Oh, it's bananas for me. Anyway, uh, so th- that's some of the, the books that he wrote. The Pursuit of God, The Knowledge of the Holy, many, many more. And we do have recordings uh, of A.W. Tozer's voice. So this is wonderful to know uh, that we actually have recordings of his voice. And so uh, I, I want to get into the uh, the zone or the, the mood or the character of A.W. Tozer. And I'd like to read some of the quotes that he would have uh, used and actually going to read them in his voice. So here goes. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I can safely say on the authority of all that is revealed in the Word of God that any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. I want the presence of God himself or I don't want anything at all to do with religion. I want all that God has or I don't want any. An infinite God can give all of himself to each of his children. He does not distribute himself that each may have a part, but to each one he gives all of himself as fully as if it were to others. We must never rest until everything inside us worships God. Well, some absolutely great quotes there, and particularly about, you know, uh, if, if we're not enjoying God's presence now, what makes we think in eternity that we'll actually enjoy it? That is really deeply convicting, that one. Uh, here's another one, a, a little story uh, from a, a minister, Cliff. Uh, you, you've heard of Cliff. He, he says, you know, drop over sometime. And, uh, and he, here's a quote he says uh, of Tozer. He says, I'll never forget the advice that he gave me. Um, I was preparing to go to Nyack College, which I, I think was a seminary. Um, before I left there, there was one burning question that I had in mind. I went to Dr. Tozer and I said, what a question this is. He said, could you give me some advice concerning the problem of Calvinism versus Arminianism, which, you know, could have gone down a particular track, but I love the simplicity 
of the answer that uh, Tozer gives. And he says, I'll never forget the advice that he gave me at the time. I thought it was rather inconclusive and not too helpful, but I listened carefully. He said, my son, when you get to college and you're going to find out that all the boys will be gathered in a room discussing and arguing over Arminianism and Calvinism night after night after night. I'll tell you what to do, Cliff. Go to your room and meet God. At the end of four years, you'll be way down the line and they'll still be where they started because greater minds than yours have wrestled with this problem and have not come up with a satisfactory conclusion. Instead, learn to know God. That is such a good answer. Learn to know God. Yes, I'm not saying never discuss these things. They're important to discuss doctrines, but centrality of Christ. Get to know God. That's what it's all about. He could have said, I'll show you a more excellent way, like Paul said, you know, and it's to get to know God. He knew God. He had intimacy with God. This is so important. You know, uh, if you're not someone that's spending time with God, uh, you know, make sure you make this a priority. It is so important, you know, especially before we're going out to share the gospel. This is the foundation to know God. In fact, John 17, 3 says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's eternal life. Yes, it's going to be eternal. It'll go on forever. And it's the quality and the quantity. It's that they know you. That's eternal life. And it reminds me of um, when Leonard Ravenhill quoted, you don't, you don't need to know the word of God. You need to know the God of the word. And uh, yes, of course, we need to know the word of God, but more importantly, to know the God of the word, because many, many people can read the word of God and know it back to front, you know, and you don't have to be a Christian to know that, but to know God, the God of the word, that's what's critical. And it's so important. And uh, Leonard also said of A.W. Tozer, uh, to, to, to know Tozer was a great blessing. To pray with him was to be in the holy place. Uh, the two of them were very good friends. And uh, that, that just makes me so uh, excited to think about that because they're two heroes that I, I have absolutely uh, enjoyed reading about and hearing their sermons. And uh, to have been around those guys Wow, that would have been something really special to uh, just, just be around these guys. And, uh, but yeah, to know God, to know Him, Christ, this is eternal life. Uh, and Philippians 3.10 says that I may know Him, with a capital H, Him, and the power of His resurrection and, many, uh, and may share in His sufferings and becoming like Him in His death. And uh, such, a, such a great thing to know Christ. Uh, it's not just, yes, living forever. I remember sharing the gospel one time. I was in the city of Melbourne. Interestingly enough, uh, there were thousands of people. Uh, no idea how many. I didn't count. Uh, but there were people everywhere uh, in the city. And uh, I wanted to go there because of that reason. But interesting, I had four conversations in the, in the whole... Well, I'm holding up three. Four conversations. <laughs> and uh, so that, that was... Really, really uh, great divine opportunities. One guy was a, an atheist that I got to share with. And uh, I basically shared the gospel and told him, if you repent of your sin and 
put your trust in Jesus Christ. He'll give you everlasting life. And he said, well, you know, no offense, that, that sounds pretty boring. I was like, oh, great, thanks. I've just given you the greatest news in the world. And no, I didn't say that, but he said, you know, live forever. That, that sounds so boring. And I said, well, firstly, it's way better than the alternative that you'll die forever. You, you're going to exist forever. You have no choice in that. It's either heaven or hell. I'd rather be in heaven. Okay, so it's a much better alternative that I'm giving you. And it's it's way more exciting. Um, and the second thing is, look, I can understand because in our, you know, um, finite minds, in our limited thinking that we know that all good things must come to an end, right? Uh, we're used to that. But in him, there is no end. His kingdom, there is no end. It'll go on forever. We can't even wrap our brains around that. It's You try sometimes and you go, it has to end sometime. Um, but I said, you know, the thing is, you have not met Christ. And I said, once you meet Jesus, you're going to wonder, is eternity long enough? And I mean, of course it is because it's forever. But to know him one day in his courts is better than a, a thousand years in this world, right? And just to know Christ. And this is something that Toza absolutely did. A little, little quote here, he says, as a man prays, so is he. And, and I think it's because if he's a great hero of the faith, it's because he prayed he was in the presence of God. Uh, some, some background of Tozer. He grew up, as I mentioned, in a farm in Pennsylvania. Uh, at the age of 17, he worked in a Goodyear factory. And it became a very good year because that was the year he was introduced to the Lord. He had a next door neighbor called Mr. Holman. And they knew he was a Christian, but he'd never spoken about Christ. And one day he was walking and he saw A.W. Aiden and uh, put his hand on his shoulder and said, you know, I, I don't know what he sounded like. I'm just giving him a voice, right? But he's like, you know, I, I've been wondering about you. I've been wondering if you're a Christian, if you are converted. I just wanted the chance to talk it over with you. Isn't that a great bold uh, evangelism there? And A.W. said, no, Mr. Holman. I am not converted, but thank you for saying this to me. I'm going to give it some serious thought. And, uh, and that he did. He was a great thinker. And uh, one afternoon he was walking home and he noticed, uh, Aiden noticed a crowd of people speaking in the street. Uh, this aroused his curios curiosity. At first he couldn't understand what the man was saying. Like, What's going on? And then he realized he had a German accent. Ha <laughs> ha, he's German. Um, he was preaching right on the street corners. He was preaching, you know, the wages of sin is death. And, uh, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So he's preaching the gospel on the street. I hope, I wonder if there's Germans right now going, no, 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 Ben, we don't sound like this. You make us sound like in all those movies where, where they were part of uh, the Gestapo. They don't sound like this. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, I do love the German accent. I've, I've been to Germany. I, I know Ich verstehe ein bisschen Deutsch, which is, I understand a little bit of German. And that's all I know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, he was so excited, this preacher. And Tozer's wondering why he has no church to preach in. Uh, it's not even Sunday. Why is he so excited? And God was stirring uh, Aiden's heart at that time. And the street preacher just said, you know, to call upon the name of the Lord and to say, be merciful to me. I am a sinner and he will hear you. 
And it burned in his heart. And as Aidan was walking home, he was mindful of what the preacher had shared. And it began this hunger for God. He got home and he went straight to be in the attic for quite some time wrestling with God. And after a while, he emerged a new creation and it was the beginning of his pursuit of God. And that was way back in 1915. Suddenly his life, as it says in the book, uh, he was radically and wonderfully redirected. So I uh, recommend you read um, about the life of A.W. Tozer. It's it's a fantastic read. It, it says that there were eight family members uh, plus boarders and young Aiden living in the home at the time. Uh, there's probably homeschoolers out there with, you know, 20 kids and counting on. Yeah, that's nothing. We got we got 20 kids and one on the way. Um, yeah, but uh, it sounds a lot to me. I've got three kids and uh, and one wife and one cat. So it, it's it's a full house. But that was a pretty full house for uh, A.W. Tozer growing up. And so he went to the privacy of his basement. And there was a small unused place beside the furnace and Aiden claimed it, cleaned it and made it very comfortable and it was a refuge where he could spend and uh, get away from everything and everyone and literally spent hours and hours praying and studying and having meditation on the word of God. So I love that. Matthew 6, 6, uh, Jesus talks here at part of the Sermon on the Mount. He's just told them the disciples how to pray and he says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And uh, we can do that. We can go to that secret place. We can close the door and be in that zone. Uh, it doesn't have to be religiously in a closet where you close the door. So don't think, oh, I don't have a, a door on my walking robe. It, it's fine. We can go anywhere. Uh, as long as we are in the presence of God and we can, um, in, in a way, shut off to all the uh, the noise of this world. It's very noisy uh, and lots of things are trying to get your attention, but, but we want to go away and have that uninterrupted, um, intimate prayer. This is the, uh, the intimacy that A.W. Tozer had. And I believe the more we do that intimately in a intimate place, when we're in a public place, we're going to be more effective. So this is why I think it's a great uh, evangelism truth. It really is. Um, even during lockdown, for me, um, you know, I've mentioned this. We had we had over 270 days of lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how we did it. I, honestly, it's just we're starting to dust the cobwebs now and there's normal life and we're seeing people again. And it's just weird. That, that novelty of people and, and plans that are actually happening Wow, it happened. Yeah, it didn't get cancelled. And um, we had, it was really hard. We had an 8 p.m. curfew at one point. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like the Republic of Ireland. You've got to be home before 8 o'clock. Yes, otherwise you'll get shot. Um, it, that was the thing at one point. And, you know, they saw Paddy running at 10 to 8. He was running to make it make it home and he got shot and said why'd you shoot him he said well that's my mate paddy he never would have made it in time but um old joke there but uh it, it wasn't quite that bad it was you know like but it felt weird you know it was like i didn't have a curfew growing up and then suddenly i had this 8 p.m curfew oh <laughs> we're gonna be inside we can't even um put the put the garbage out 
you know, you, you'd, you'd do it at like five past eight. You'd be looking around and you'd be what, hoping you weren't getting arrested. <laughs> it was a weird time. Uh, and then they extended it to 9 p.m., which was a welcome relief to families waiting in line at KFC. We go, oh, it's five to five to wait. Um, but yeah, during that time, uh, I'm saying all this because I, I, even though there was craziness going on in the world, I got to have this wonderful, intimate time of fellowship with the Lord, that intimacy in prayer, which uh, I would never trade for the world. It was just a beautiful time. I'd go to these... Um, down the road from me, this national park. If you ever come to Melbourne, uh, you know, there's things I could show you, but there's this beautiful national park and I go and just uh, spend time praying and walking around. So that's that's my intimate place where I like to go. It's just me and the kangaroos and there's echidnas, a couple of snakes, a uh, couple, not many, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a peaceful place. It's a beautiful place. So you know, with Tozer, it was down in the basement by the furnace. Uh, his older sister, Essie, would sometimes go and uh, get canned foods from the basement and hear frightful groanings near the furnace where uh, Aiden was there wrestling in prayer. And uh, is he okay? Oh, he's, he's just praying. But it reminds me of Jacob in um, Genesis 32 where it says that Jacob was left alone and a man, uh, a capital M man, uh, wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, this is Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So Jacob wrestled with God. And uh, that was a like really like what we do with prayer. We wrestle in prayer. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against uh, the rulers and spiritual authorities. And we wrestle in prayer sometimes. So there is intimate prayer and there's that intimate prayer where we need to really wrestle and, and pray for uh, desperate prayer needs. And this is something that Tozer was, uh, you know, he was someone that we can really glean from a lot in that department. Um, I guess in, in a similar way with uh, Reese Howes, which I've talked about many times and uh, had, had a very similar uh, structure of prayer life, which was just that intimacy with God. And um, a lot of people thought A.W. was this recluse who just didn't have a lot of friends. And, and he didn't have a lot of friends that he could have because he was in a church where there were many members that uh, he could have known them all. And uh, But he would rather spend more time in the presence of God um, and you know, just be in his presence. Um, but he had he had a, a close, small group of friends, um, and his wife Ada. Imagine that would have been confusing, right? You got Ada and Aiden. Like Ada was that was that Ada? Did you say Ada or Aiden? And so let's just call you A W. That may have been how he got his name. So <laughs> Ada and Aiden uh, first married in. Uh, the ministry, uh, when they entered into the ministry in eight, sorry, in 1918, uh, and it says in the book that his formal education was rudimentary at best. His English was poor and laced with Pennsylvania colloquialisms, and he was still a factory worker at Goodyear. So this should be uh, an encouragement to you guys. It's encouragement to me as a comedian from Melbourne. Uh, you know, God can use anybody. He really can. So, you know, if he's going to use a guy from Pennsylvania who just has these colloquial, 
Lisms, it's hard to say, isn't it? But uh, yeah, he can use anybody. It's great encouragement um, that God wants those who are willing, who are uh, in his presence. And, and Acts 14, it says, uh, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. I love that. Uh, I want people to say, He's been with Jesus and um, it's, it's not about my education. It's not about my training and it's not that we shouldn't do those things. They're very important. Absolutely. But but God can use us uh, in the stage that we're at right now. Uh, even if we don't have a lot going for us, uh, we have a great God. And uh, so in, in A.W. Tozer's ministry, it wasn't long until he uh, encountered some more uh, street evangelists from the Christian and Missionary Alliance Church, which he thought was quite the uh, the tongue twister there. Uh, but they were just as interested in street evangelism as he was. And because Aiden would preach on every street corner. And, and I love that because even, as I said, not, not a uh, well-educated uh, and someone who was, I, I would say from reading his book, I, I get the impression that he was more of a introverted person and yet he would preach on every street corner. It just encourages me because so many people will will shy away from getting up and sharing the gospel. Uh, even one-on-one, they'll, they'll shy away from it. But here's Aiden who just knew this message has got to go out. People need to know Jesus. There, there's an urgency and he would preach on every street corner. This this was in the early days of his ministry. And uh, it's, it's great. You know, there are, there are some uh, evangelists who are extroverted that God will use that. But even if you're introverted, uh, it's the boldness that God gives us. And that's not uh, a boldness that's natural. Uh, I, myself, uh, yeah, I was shy when I was a kid, uh, which I tell some people, like, really, you? And yeah, I, I was so shy, uh, not, not in front of my friends, but particularly around adults, uh, you know, but there was this burning desire to to speak and to to be on stage and um you know god's brought me out of my comfort zone to be able to share the gospel um unashamed where i i don't care uh as in i don't care what people think um in in that sense unashamed uh and so it's it's great that god can use anyone uh so from there on aiden and ada decided to uh, go to that church, the uh, Christian Missionary Alliance Church, and they um, sent out uh, missionaries from that, and they would be planting churches all around the States, and uh, they would send out teams to preach the gospel. And uh, so that was something that uh, I was going to say Ada, but Aiden, A.W. got to do. And he also uh, wrote for the magazine, the Missionary Alliance Church magazine, and they had um, Tozagrams that he would write. So yeah, I love that. Uh, he had tozagrams. You, you know, you think about people these days have Instagram and Telegram. Well, you could say, well, I have tozagrams. What are they? Oh, is that, is that an app? You can, oh, yeah, I'll send you some tozagrams. <laughs> and could be a really good segue to share the gospel and say, you got to get into toza. Uh, now I mentioned this earlier and I don't want to distract anyone. I don't want to uh, deter anyone from the great A.W. Tozer because he was a prophet. Oh, don't say that, Ben. 
Uh, yeah, he was a prophet, and uh, but I, I want to reassure you, not in the capital P sense of prophet. I know uh, Eric talks about that. You know, we don't have capital A prophets or capital uh, capital A apostles or capital P prophets, but we have the lowercase p prophets who will, um, you know, we're not saying that there's more of scripture to be revealed, uh, but what has already been revealed can be brought uh, afresh in season. And that's what a prophet will do. So sort of stir the church to wake the church, um, but not bringing anything new where we go, God's got a new chapter. Well, <laughs> stay away from stuff like that and uh, listen to what's being preached in the word of God. And so guys like Ravenhill and Tozer and, and even Wilkerson were these small P prophets that woke, uh, they weren't woke, <laughs> Not at all, uh, but they woke the church, and uh, this this will help, as I mentioned uh, in a previous episode, with sharing the gospel. Because as the church, we need to wake up and get back to sharing the gospel to this dying world that we're in. And prophets, um, small p, lowercase p, prophets are the ones that will stir us up and get us back to basics. And I think it's great that A. W. did it in his day, but today, uh, his voice, his message is still being heard. It's still just as fresh. It's just as relevant. And um, just some the words himself that he, he, he used here to talk about this. Uh, it's it's a long quote, so I'll read. You know, he, he had a... It's, his voice was described as quite a slow uh, voice. And um, Leonard Ravenhill said he was a great writer, not, not as good a preacher as in, uh, you know, he, he spoke quite slowly. But it's it's not really about the man per se, but about the message. But um, he, he said here in, in relation to his uh, small p prophetic calling, it is time, O God, for thee to work, for the enemy has entered into thy pastures and the sheep are torn and scattered and false shepherds abound and deny the danger and laugh at the perils that surround thy flock. The sheep are deceived by these hirelings and follow them with touching loyalty while the wolf closes in to kill and to destroy. I beseech thee, give me sharp eyes to detect the presence of the enemy. Give me understanding to seek courage to report what I see faithfully Make my voice like thine own, that even the sick sheep will recognize it and follow thee. <coughs> Excuse me. Some some voices really um, stretch the the vocal cords. I, I, I'm I'm going to be bringing an episode coming up with William Booth, um, and he really has a voice that's uh, <coughs> will will test my throat. But um, and and it goes on to say, and I'll read it in my voice. Lord Jesus, I come to thee for spiritual preparation. Lay thy hand upon me. Anoint me with the oil of the New Testament prophet. Forbid that I should become a religious scribe and thus lose my prophetic calling. Save me from the lies that dark across the face of modern clergy. The curse of compromise, of imitation, of professionalism. Save me from the error of a judging church by its size, its popularity of the amount of its yearly offerings. Help me to remember that I am a prophet, not a promoter, not a religious manager, but a prophet. Let me never become a slave to crowds. Heal 
my soul of carnal ambitions and deliver me from the itch for publicity. Uh, what a humble and great uh, little passage there. That's from his uh, autobiography, or his biography, I should say. And uh, it's it's just great because this, this is a man who was humble. Uh, and we need a voice like that today. We need a voice like that to be heard today. Um, not, not, not necessarily like that, that voice, but we need that humility. We need a man who would be the prophetic voice to this generation. We need to hear the same things said. And, uh, I know the impact that he had on that generation. He had an impact on myself of staying sharp so I can be an effective, uh, sharer of the gospel. And, and hopefully you can too. Those who have a prophetic voice aren't afraid. They're not afraid. And uh, Dr. Robert A. Cook, I don't know what his voice sounded like, but he said this of Tozer. A.W. Tozer was a true modern day prophet. He feared no group or individual and spoke directly to will and conscience, conscience of his listeners. So he was not afraid of man. And why would he fear man when he had the fear of God? He had such a fear of God. You don't fear what? people are thinking of you. And I, and I love that, that fear of God is something that is so desperately needed back in the body of Christ today. And this, this is another truth that we can look at and say, if I'm intimate with God, uh, I'm not intimidated by man. There you go. I'm quoting Leonard Ravenhill, but it's so true. Another quote here about, uh, about that is from Toza. He said, when, when men no longer fear God, they transgress his laws without hesitation. The fear of consequences is no deterrent when the fear of God is gone. Such a uh, truth there that when, when we don't have the fear of God anymore, consequences, they're not, they're not frightening us. They're not, you know, when we have the fear of God, we go, oh, I can't go there. I can't. There's no way. We have too much respect for God. We have too much of a love and intimacy with God. What a voice he had. Hey, uh, it's almost, he, he sounds like, and, and I mean this with all respect, he sounds like he could easily fit into a cartoon. You know, you've got, yeah, what's up, Jack? You got this voice. And, and you might have, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, uh, well, got that wasquoy wabbit over there. And, and then you got, A.W. Tozer, uh, he kind of fits, he fits right into those kind of voices, like uh, the Looney Tunes kind of voices. So he was intimate with God. Uh, he was a man of prayer. And uh, this is something that you, we could just learn that from him. They were all these heroes of the faith were men of prayer that I'm talking about. This is critical. This is absolutely uh, of the highest importance uh, you know, to be reading the scriptures and to be praying and all the heroes of the faith had this. And this is what we need when we're going out sharing the gospel uh, is prayer with the Lord. But but really, A.W. was a man that took that to a whole new level. Uh, he had so much time in prayer and he just longed to be in God's presence. He pursued the presence of God and he even had prayer pants. Yeah, he had this uh, special you know, so he wouldn't crease his suit and he'd be in his study for hours. So he'd put these uh, prayer pants over the top. It's kind of, it just it amuses me a little bit, but I love it in the sense that he, he really was serious about his prayer. 
that uh, had his prayer pants. I mean, we, we have our gym clothes, right? We have our work clothes, and why not have a pair of prayer pants? Uh, maybe the knees were all uh, sort of worn because he was kneeling, or maybe they had knee pads, I'm not sure. See if you can go to the store and say, do you have prayer pants? You know, no. Do you know who did? Tozer. Who's Tozer? Oh, he was a man of God. Do you know God? I don't know. It's just the thought. But uh, yeah, he, he had some great quotes on prayer. Uh, I, I have to read some of these. He had so many quotes. These are, uh, some of them are Tozergrams. Like I said, uh, I love that. God answers our prayers, not because we are good but because he is good. I think that some of the greatest prayer is prayer where you don't say one single word or ask for anything. God formed us for his pleasure. He meant for us to see him and live with him and draw our life from his smile. He had everything, but possessed nothing. There is the spiritual secret. It's uh, so good, some of these quotes. There are so many Tozer quotes. Um, There's so much about his life. Uh, he, he was a pastor at uh, a church in Chicago for 38 years. He has so many great sermons. He was a pastor in Toronto, in Canada, um, toward the end of his life. He had such an impact uh, locally and globally. Uh, he still has an impact today. I encourage you to go on YouTube, watch some sermons, or just listen because you can't. We well, can watch them. There's a picture of him, but uh, but you'll hear a very similar voice to this. And uh, I, I'm paying him tribute, um, but really we can learn a lot. You know, when you go out and share the gospel, and this is what I'm so passionate about, uh, I think it's so important to have some of the foundation of the intimacy with God, to have that time of prayer, uh, to just be asking God to uh, deal with me, whatever I need to. Maybe you haven't spent enough time in prayer. Maybe you need to say, God, that's my first prayer. Forgive me, Lord, for not being in your presence, for not sharing uh, my requests to you, just, just by listening to the things of this world, not listening to you, not reading your word. Maybe that's the first prayer you need to do. Um, so before you, you go out and share the gospel, just ask yourself some questions. Have I got a place to go where I can actually spend time in your presence? Because we, we're going to pray continually. We can pray when we're in the car. We can pray when we're sitting down having lunch. But but is there a place we can go and have uninterrupted time where we can say, I'm going to maybe go into the prayer closet, maybe go to walk in the national park or or wherever it may be, find somewhere where you can be in his presence of God. Maybe it is in your basement. I don't have a basement, but uh, if you've got somewhere, just be alone with God. Do I have intimacy with God? And do I really know God? Because remember, that's that's eternal life, is to know God. Okay, do I really know him? I know a lot of information about God, but do I really know God? I, I don't want him to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Do I really, oh, I know God. I have that intimacy with God. And, and God, can you stir me to a place where, where I can stir the church to, to give that uh, lowercase p prophecy to the world? 
to those that need to hear it, those the people around me that I can build and disciple into their lives and say things that because I'm intimate with God, I'm not intimidated. I don't have a fear of man. I, I have a fear of God so I can speak and I can say the hard words, um, but with gentleness and with love into their lives. And am I praying? Am I a man of prayer or am I a woman of prayer? Uh, you ask yourself this question. I'm not talking about your your daily prayer because, well, I pray. I pray every day. I say my prayers, but, but where you can spend quality, lengthy time where you're truly pursuing Christ, where you're in his presence for hours, in his presence, wrestling in prayer and just knowing God. Are these things questions that, that you can answer and say, yeah, that that's something I can say that's indicative of my life. And uh, I hope this encourages you. There is, as I said, so much more you can learn about A.W. Tozer, but he's a huge inspiration to the body of Christ. And I thank God that he is someone who is definitely a signpost, who is pointing us towards Jesus to advance the kingdom of God. Lord, I thank you for uh, this hero of the faith that we can read about and learn about and be closer to you because of the things that he has shown us and demonstrated in his life. And I just pray that we will be more intimate with you, that we'll be more prayerful with you, that we will also um, even be ready to hear some of the harsh words that were spoken that uh, are biblical words that really convict me. Uh, am I willing, Lord, to have the the conviction of the Holy Spirit uh, where it, it's uncomfortable in order that I might be refined, but more effective for you and the kingdom of God? Lord, we thank you for these uh, evangelism truths, and I pray that we'll be able to use them as we go out and preach the gospel to all creation. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellersley.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening.